Hey there, Quajo here. And if you haven't heard my voice, I'm the new host of the Art of Online Business. Quick update on my new offer. I did not expect the initial launch spots to sell out so fast. I'm talking about Facebook ad setup to success, which is one-on-one -on -one Facebook ads coaching for the driven course creator from me, three Zoom calls within a month and unlimited support in between so that you can run your lead generation campaigns, your launch campaigns, your SLO, self-liquidating offer funnels, exactly like I would, getting all my tips and tricks and strategies plus just unlimited support inside of Slack or Voxer or one lady's even doing it from inside of Messenger with screen recordings, Loom recordings, this sort of thing, questions. This is what I'm doing, but all those limited spots that at the initial launch price, they are gone. And I just wanted to explain that out of integrity to the people who took those first spots, um, the price has gone up and there are one, there's one spot maybe two if I do some scheduling jujitsu for May, otherwise we're booking into June. You can click on the link in the description below to find out more, or you can go to theartofonlinebusiness.com forward slash call if you need that kind of one-on-one -on -one Facebook help. All right, back to the episode. If you have a Facebook ads business where you're managing ads for other businesses, or you wanna start one, at some point, you're going to love today's best of episode from when the show was called The Art of Paid Traffic. That's the beauty of podcasting. Episodes that came out a while ago are still extremely relevant and helpful today. In this best of episode, you're going to hear an interview that I did with my friend Amanda Bond, who is a Facebook ads strategist, and she once had a very successful ads agency. She's going to share her story of how she started her agency, how she went from being terrified to price her services at first, to then only working with her ideal clients and pricing exactly what she wanted to price. Amanda describes what she did when she first started scaling her business, along with the need that she filled when she hired her first team member. All that and a whole lot more in today's best of episode with Amanda Bond. Welcome to the Art of Online Business Podcast. My name is Rick Mulready, and I'm an online business coach, Facebook and Instagram ads expert, lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm a total coffee snob as well. Each week, you're going to learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips that take the guesswork out of growing and scaling a profitable online business so that you can truly become an entrepreneur with impact. This podcast is your secret weapon for fast-tracking the growth of your online business. Let's do this. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to the podcast today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Super appreciate you. Hope all's going well, whatever you're up to right now. On this Best Of episode, you're going to hear an interview that I did with my friend Amanda Bond, who is a Facebook ads strategist, and she once had a very successful ad agency. This is an episode that I did back when the show was The Art of Paid Traffic, and it's one of the most downloaded episodes that we've done here on the show. And so in addition to sharing how she started her agency at the time, how she went from a lot of mindset work today, a lot of mindset discussion, I should say, with Amanda of how she started her business, pricing, how she started scaling her business. And then you're also going to learn things like how to avoid being the bottleneck of your own success in your business, how Amanda had to work through an insecurities, her own insecurities to successfully scale her business. We talk about the fallacy of taking on any client when starting your ads business and how you can work with your ideal clients. You can absolutely do that right from the start. We talk about how she was able to show appreciation to her loyal clients while still increasing her rates significantly. And she also shares her step-by-step -step strategy and process when she started working with clients when she was doing that. That and a whole lot more. Really excited to bring you this best of episode here today. Now, as you might know, I stopped training Facebook and Instagram ads managers over a year ago. And when it comes to officially training agencies and ads managers now, I've been helping one of my Accelerator VIP members, Brandy Miles, build up the ad manager training aspect of her business. And you might recognize Brandy's name from her being on the podcast here a few times. 
and actually very recently. She has both a killer ad agency and an online business, and she's put together a brand new three-part live virtual training series that I'd like to invite you to right now to register for. It's called Three Steps to Consistently Close High-Quality Facebook and Instagram Ad Clients. Okay, During this free live three-part online video training series, you're going to learn how you can confidently start and grow your business, your ads business. No experience required. This is also for you if you're having trouble getting your ad business going and you're already an ads manager, even during these times of uncertainty. Okay, You can register for the free training series at rickmulready.com forward slash ad clients. Again, it's rickmulready.com forward slash ad clients, A-D-C-L-I-E-N-T-S. Cool. All right, my friends, let's jump into this best of interview with Amanda Bond. Amanda Bond, welcome to The Art of Paid Traffic. How are you? Doing phenomenal today. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> You're a little nervous, I understand. <laughs> yes. Don't <laughs> tell everyone. It's our little secret now, okay? Too late. We are recording. But I, I do, ah. do want to say you don't go by Amanda. You go by Bond. I go by Bond. That okay. is correct. I wish I had a name like that because that's the coolest, like you're like Bond, like I am Bond. You know, that's pretty yeah. darn cool. It's actually like a persona for me. I feel like I can step into the role of Bond Heck and yes. then it, it helps me do a little bit more riskier things or take a chance. So yeah, the name, the name works well. Well, I want to talk about some of those risky things here uh, today. We're going to keep it pertaining to uh, to Facebook ads. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. But yeah, we'll keep it there. So tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are and uh, and what you're up to and kind of how you got to what you're uh, what you're doing today. I love that. Well, I appreciate you uh, having me on. So I'm Bond, the ad strategist, well, owner of the ad strategist. So I think this is something that we can dive into today. I started off uh, as a Facebook ads strategist who was a freelancer running paid traffic for other people in the digital marketing space. And in the past few months, we've been transitioning into an agency. So now I, I have to remind myself to say, instead of I'm Bond, the ad strategist, I'm Bond, owner of the ad strategist, where we help nice. people stop guessing and start getting results with Facebook ads. Awesome. So what's your, well, before I ask what's your background to get you there, you made a really clear, clear distinction there between like you were running Facebook ads for other people and now you're an agency. Exactly. When I think of it, cause I come from the corporate world, you know, I left the corporate world in 2012 and I was in online advertising for 12 years at that point. So I was dealing with big agencies, big ad agencies. So when I hear the word agency, I tend to think of like big organization, but I yeah, realize that exactly. not everyone does that. So I'm curious how you, where you fall in that. I love it because I actually come from a corporate background myself as well. And so I tend to have that same view. So one thing that I do like to, as, as I'm trying to deal with the mindset of going from that freelancer to the agency owner is just reassure myself that agencies don't need to go from zero to a hundred overnight. We can start small. We can start with putting systems in place to be a boutique agency where we mm. just focus on a very particular niche. And then as we expand our systems and our automation and our capabilities, we can grow with the business. But I'm always one person that likes to say, we think of what we are before we become it, right? So like I am conditioning myself to talk more about that larger agency because I know that that's what we're growing into. I love it. So this is this is that kind of the woo-woo stuff that we're talking the about before stuff. we started recording. And you were like, yeah. I'm kind of, uh, because we, we had a, are you feeling better by the way? Cause we had originally yeah. scheduled this interview for a week ago when we're recording this and you weren't feeling well. So are you, are you better I, now? I am absolutely better. And so I did let you in on a little secret before this, but I think it was more of a, I was butting up against some fear and resistance about jumping on the call today. And mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily being sick, which I initially thought it was, I think I was, I had some fear thoughts that I needed to get over. So I so appreciate you asking that because I don't think enough people talk about it in this space, the, yeah. the woo side to our business, the mindset side to running a business and all the challenges that come up like with the growth that you absolutely know of, um, being in this space yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I shared with you, you know, like I'm super into that and, and it's something that, I haven't talked a whole lot about and I'm starting to talk more about it and because I completely agree with you. It's one of those things that it's super, I mean, it's a big part of entrepreneurship and 
having the right mindset. And I love that you said, you know, like we're a, maybe a boutique agency right now, but you speak in that language so that you are basically for, for simplistic sake, you're setting yourself up to step into that, you know, that next sort of level of where you want this agency to go. Exactly. The way that I look at it is when you have that mindset that aligns with where you're going, sometimes you have to slow down in what you're doing to be mm. able to speed up. And so knowing and trusting the vision of where you're going is going to help make those times where you're feeling like, oh shit, I'm making some changes in my business. So my cash flow is going to drop this month. When you have that, that mindset to go along with it, of I have a crystal clear vision of where I'm going. It makes those turbulent times a little bit easier to weather. Yeah. I love that. So, I mean, if you don't like, are you cool with sharing like what the resistance was last week when we were going to do that? Because I think that a yeah. lot of people can relate to what you're sharing here. Heck yeah. And I mean, let's just, let's just call it out because I look up to you. I admire and respect you in this space. And I, I think it was first off some feelings of imposter syndrome, right? I've, the way that I look at it, I've kind of skyrocketed onto the scene because of some really strategic connections that allowed me to create a program in partnership with somebody that already had an audience. Yeah. And so here Smart. I am being invited by, you know, Rick Mulready to come on the podcast and chat about that. And my subconscious mind was just giving mad resistance to that saying, who do you think you are to jump on a podcast and talk about running an agency as you've just recently switched from that freelancer role to expanding the capacity? Mm. So that was definitely the, the biggest challenge. The second is a mindset thing that I've been working on in the last little while of how do you go from becoming a freelancer where every single aspect of your business is really dependent on the intellectual property that you bring to the table, right? Yeah. The thoughts that you bring, the strategy that's in your brain. How do you go from that part of running a freelancing business to then creating the systems and no longer being the bottleneck of your own success, right? So taking those out of your head and putting them into standard operating procedures or automations so that other people can also make decisions in the exact same way that you do. So both of those things were happening at once. And I, I ended up messaging you and saying, let's postpone this yeah. because I need to work through it. And you absolutely gave us that opportunity. A week goes by and I just, I feel on top of the world because I, I faced those things head on. And I, I did the journaling and the deep introspective work to find out why they were there mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to be ashamed of them, right? Like yeah. we can talk about this now. I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, I appreciate you saying like, I'm on, you know, Rick Mulready's podcast. <laughs> I mean, I've been hearing about you and your work and, and the cool stuff you've been doing for a while now. And it finally got to the point for me, I was like, all right, who the heck is this Amanda Bond girl? Like I keep hearing about her and the more and more I heard her, and then we had a, a close mutual friend of mine who you've become friends with, you know, he reached out to me. He's like, dude, you gotta, you've got to talk to her. She's awesome. And so you and I hopped on the phone, we, we chatted and, you know, like I am, I am a huge fan myself and you are one of the few people that I would trust my own Facebook ads with. And, and, and we're going to talk about today, some of your kind of like your thought processes behind how you run Facebook ads and and so forth. So as you've made this transition from just managing, I, I want to kind of back up when you, when you were sure. managing ads sort of as a freelancer, as you put it, how did you get started doing that? I think it was actually a trial by fire, I guess. The story starts when I was really involved in my community. I am a Rotarian. And if anyone doesn't know what a Rotarian is, think about the local service club that you have in your town. And the median age of those people are like eh, 55, 60. So... <laughs> Here's Bond that shows up and wants to give back in her community. And um, the way that I was able to support my club was through social media work. Because of the older demographic, they just immediately gravitated towards me and said, run our social channels. And um, I got started by jumping in and trying to figure it out. So we ended up running a local event which we expected 4,000 people to show up over the weekend. It was a food truck frenzy. Mm -hmm. And we had 23,000 people walk <laughs> through the door because of organic and paid traffic that, uh, that I was responsible for. So that was a, a major sign to say, hey, you need to pay attention to this. There's something here. And 
that took me to starting in social media, but looking back on my personality and what I gravitated to towards in school and life, I am very analytical. I'm very logical and look at the data and I like to solve problems. So that just kind of made me gravitate, uh, gravitate towards Facebook ads. Now, I'm sure we could all make up stories like, oh yeah, I started with a thousand dollars a day in spend, <laughs> yeah. but I started with $1 a day boosting posts for clients yeah. and, you know, worked up to, to where we are a day, um, in our spend now. So it was a process that happened over a few years. And, and for me, looking back, it was a logical process. And it turns out that with where this industry is headed, there is so much potential to amplify what people are doing with paid traffic. Of course, yeah. uh, your audience knows that. So when you were doing, when you were, so you did the, you worked on the ads and the social media stuff for for the Rotary Club. When you sort of sort of expand from there, how did you get your first clients outside of outside of that? It was actually to this day, uh, everything's been on referral. So oh, really? since okay. that moment that I did the $23,000 or the 23,000 people that walked through the gate, that was something that was so notable to people locally that I, I had a waiting list instantly. And for me, it looks like it happened overnight, but I put a lot of time and effort into building and cultivating those relationships sure. and not for monetary gain. I love the, the work that we were doing with the club. So the referrals from that result actually took me into probably last year. And um, it, it just happens that there is such a demand for qualified people to run paid traffic in this space that I haven't had to market my own business because it's just referral after referral after referral. And the reason I believe is because we take such a long-term approach of Every single person that we have become a client, we actually call them client partners because we want to treat their business as if it was our own business. Mm -hmm. And those results just speak volume. So one client turns into turns to their friends and, and talks about that experience. And it's just that snowball effect. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that happens because you do a good job. And so yeah. people be like, hey, you know, this person over here is doing a great job for us. Why don't you let me let me introduce you. So, yeah, exactly. but when you were just starting out there, I, one of the questions I get all the time is about pricing and, yes. you know, they, people hear about, oh, we're charging, you know, people are charging X amount of dollars and they think it's a lot of money. And then on the other side, people are like, well, I'm just starting out, but I'm afraid to start. I'm afraid to charge money because I am just yeah. starting out managing ads for other businesses. How did you, you know, again, after the, the, the Rotary Club experience, how did you sort of start pricing your, your services at that point? I'm going to be really honest about this because I don't think most people talk about it. I was terrified to price my services. Yeah. I felt that it came so naturally to me that it didn't feel like work. And therefore I didn't deserve to charge the rates that I was hearing, right? Like the, the hundreds of dollars an hour or thousands of dollars an hour. I was like, I'm just getting started. I've had one success. Who am I to do this? So on the woo side of things, I really went deep and asked myself why and tried to work through that resistance. And it took me a while. I, I had a tiered pricing structure um, where if I was doing this action, it was $25 an hour. If I was doing this action, it was $45 an hour. And if I was doing this action, it was $75 an hour. I overthought the shit out of everything <laughs> during that process. So, I mean, it's evolved and as I've realized what we've done in terms of results, I've been able to then directly correlate our results and say, hey, because of this effort, this was the outcome. That's kind of helped my brain wrap around what we're able to bring to the table. So it wasn't a, oh, I just am gonna do this and make a decision. It mm -hmm. took a, a while in that process. Sure, and you started off with kind of like a, a wonky pricing model a there. A wonky one. <laughs> with, with, with hourly, like tiered hourly. And, tiered. and so then, so when you went from there and you started to figure out like the real value that you were providing, what was that next level for you? Was it like a set monthly amount? What, what did that look like? And I you don't, remember. And you don't have to necessarily mention what that is. I'm just trying to get a sense of like what the model was for you. Oh, no, I, I would absolutely even love to to say the dollar amount because sure. it was such a monumental moment when I put out there and I was like $1,250 a month plus a percentage of ad spend. And they're like, that's a no brainer. And I was like, shut the <laughs> F up. Are you serious? <laughs> You're like, shoot, I should have I charged more. 
I should have charged way more. But yeah. of course, I was just flabbergasted that I finally was able to speak to what we were going to do in a way that made 1250 a no-brainer at that time. And surprisingly, those clients are actually, not surprisingly, I mean, um, we treat our clients like gold. So they're still with us to this day. And as we've increased our pricing, they've come with us. And every single time they're like, you should have done this sooner. You're worth way more than what you're charging. Right. Now, do you, and I don't know if you want to answer this question, but as you were saying that, this brought up a question for me that I know a lot of people have. So do you like, so people that have with, been with you a long time, yep. they obviously started out paying whatever it was when they started with you and you've since started to raise your prices. Do you keep people at that, like the price that they were, that they're paying when they started with you or are you slowly, you know, incrementally increasing that? How does that work for you? That's a, a great question because I think that there are a few different ways to do that. What yep. we've decided to do is have those rates incrementally increase mm -hmm. as we're increasing for our new clients, but not at the same speed. Got it. So that's kind of, that's how we've, we've rewarded their loyalty along the way yep. is saying, you know, your current pricing is quite far out of alignment with where we're currently charging. So we're going to find this middle ground that works um, and have the conversation to make sure that that makes sense as an investment in their business on a mm. monthly basis. Yep. And if it does, we absolutely want to continue having them as clients. There was one instance where we, we did a two-step tier because the price was so different between the two. Mm -hmm. And at the first price tier, it made sense for them to be a client. At the second price tier, I told them the ROI is not going to be there. And unfortunately, I don't think we should continue to work together. I think that they could find um, a better solution. Uh, they were more a project-based client, okay. so they were just running a launch here and there, and it didn't make sense to keep them on that monthly rate at the Got new it. price. Got so. It. There, there was some challenges of working those new prices, but everyone that we've wanted to come along with us that is there has made that journey along with us growing into better service providers, right? Because sure. I, I look at what I'm able to do now, and this I'm sure this is the exact same for you. You look at yourself a year ago, and what you're able to deliver today versus then is yeah. vastly different. Absolutely. And, uh, worth so much more. And it sounds like that you're working with clients that you actually want to work with. These are your quote, and we always hear like ideal clients. Like, is that true for you? Absolutely. I mean, we, <laughs> we have a no assholes policy at the ad strategist. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we just make sure that they are in alignment with our values, um, that they treat people's like the humans and individuals, they treat people like the humans and individuals that they are. We definitely don't partner up with anyone who's looking for fast cash or quick wins. We want to know what's the heart behind what they're doing. And are they ready to invest in their own up leveling along the way? Because when you add paid traffic to anything, you have the potential to break a system, right? Like yeah, when you're sure. throwing that much at it, you could break that. So we want to make sure that the people are ready for that level of visibility and up-leveling and amplification. So what was that like getting to that point of what you're talking about right now, where, where you are working with, and granted, you are, you said all this, all your business has been from referrals. All, what happens with a lot of people when they're starting out and they're building their sort of, you know, their, their ads management business or their boutique agency. I love, I love that name they're kind of like, holy cow, I have to take anybody. Like I'm trying to make this work. Yes. I got to take any kind of client and that, and I get that mindset, but it's really hard when you're working with so many different types of businesses, just taking any kind of business that you, that you can get your hands on or who will yeah. be willing to work with you. How did you get to that point where you are getting referrals, but you're now only working with people that, you know, that really fit for the type of ideal client that you're working with? Well, the way that I learned that lesson, the universe taught me it really hard. Um, I ended up not trusting my gut and going after that. I looked at the contract and I was like, there's an opportunity to make some cash. They're not an ideal fit, but let's take them on as a client because we need some we need some cash flow to move the business forward. Well, three months later and a ten thousand dollar project they ended up not paying the last $1,200 of oh. it and then initiating a chargeback for the entire amount. No. Yeah. Seriously? So 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I, I found out actually that I'm not the only person. I'm the fifth person uh, that this oh, really? has happened to. So it was my fault for not listening to my gut, not listening to my intuition, not doing the due diligence that I should have done because I was in that that grasping, oh my gosh, I need anything at this point. And so that lesson was very hard to learn. I almost quit the like I almost quit the space entirely and decided, hey, is this or is this for me or isn't it? Of course, I'm still here. So we we know the end result of that. But it was a really hard lesson to learn. But since then, every single time I've listened to my intuition and aligned with the values, the ROI has just been outstanding. So it took a lot of practice. Uh, it took a lot of getting it wrong before you could get to the point where you can just flat out say to somebody, I don't think this is a fit. And I would be more than glad to help you find somebody that's, that's aligned. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I definitely believe that there's more than enough out there for all of us. Yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned something right there. That's, I think really is important. You said that doesn't align with our values and you'd obviously by that point, taken the time to, to put your values together and be really clear on that and align your values with the types of clients with, or I should say, let me actually reverse that, align the clients that you're considering to your values. Is that sort of, when did you put those together in this sort of journey as you've been putting this, the agency together? Great question. It was, no, I'm thinking back. It was right before I was planning on expanding my team. So before I took that step and said, hey, I'm ready to get some help and support. And I'm not talking as, as a VA, somebody that's just helping me do task-based projects. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of more strategic support. So the first person that we hired was an operations manager to help us look at the business. And so it was at that time, right before it, that I sat down and got really clear based on the experiences that I've had in my life based on the experiences that I've had with clients, the things that you do like and the things that you don't like, and just took the time to journal and reflect on it and then write it on a sheet of paper and edit it and refine it. So now we actually have a document and you can find it on our website at theadstrategist.com slash commandments, which are our moral values of the company. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a public facing document, but it's also what creates the culture internally and how we show up and align with the clients that we find. I love that. And I know that you said you brought it, you said you, as you started to hire, you brought on a, this, this operations person. And we've been talking over the past couple of months here that you have been building your team. So yes. was that operations person, the first person that you that you brought on or was that where, where did, where are you kind of at in your, in your hiring? I'm trying to get at like, what roles did you bring on and, and, and why you brought them on and also what, in what order you brought them on? Well, I'm a huge fan of, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan girl of you. <laughs> Um, and Chris Ducker. So yep. he was always talking about bringing on VAs. Yep. Well, without having that experience, I brought on a VA without knowing exactly what the heck I would do with them. Yeah. So my VA was always asking me like, Bon, what do you want me to do right now? And I'm like, I'm too busy doing client work. I don't really have anything for you to do. And she's like, I'm here to alleviate that from you. But yeah. I hadn't taken the time to step back and say, here's the tasks that she would be responsible for. So I didn't end up using that VA wisely. I did the same thing, by the way. I did, really? Oh yeah. A couple of years ago, I did the exact same thing because I was, you know, just getting the business going and I'm like, you hear all this stuff about like needing a VA and building your team. And I'm like, I need a VA. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't, I, oh I, exact I'm same so thing. Said that. Yeah. I wasn't clear on what I wanted them to do and I would give them a few things. I, I didn't have any kind of processes in place as far as like a, like, here's how you accomplish this. And, you know, yep. then they, then they take care of it. It was, you know, it was a disaster and, and, you know, similar lessons learned that you're talking about here. Yeah. And you, you kind of feel like you've done it wrong, right? Yep. In those moments, you're like, oh shit, I failed at this. <laughs> yeah. Once you clarified what you want that role to do, you brought somebody on and then did you bring the operations person on? I got clear on what I wanted to do. And at that time, uh, I had just released a program where we welcome in almost 500 students. Mm -hmm. So I was really overwhelmed with my inbox and notifications. Yeah. So I wanted somebody to come in who was a strategic thinker and not just able to execute on tasks. So 
I laid out everywhere that I felt overwhelmed. I didn't really have an answer as to how we would fix that, what the solutions were. But I knew that this was the scope of what this operations manager was going to help me problem solve. And mm -hmm. then we did that together. So she was my first hire and I, uh, she works ab about two hours to three hours a day, depending on projects or if we're launching something. And how did you yeah. find her? She is actually, she reached out to me from a podcast and Interestingly enough, I hired her the year prior when I had zero cash flow in the business. And she was just very hungry to learn mm -hmm. uh, more about the industry and the behind the scenes. And I, I'm going to be honest, I go to her and said, I only have enough to pay you 13 Canadian dollars, which is more than minimum wage. Yeah. But like you're not you're not coming in the business for the glitz and glam in 2015 because I didn't have any glitz and glam. Um, <laughs> and she said, I want to learn more than I care about that. So absolutely. So she actually helped me with some VA task work the prior year. And she just was outstanding, just over over delivering on everything, hungry to learn more. And I looked at that and I was like, the moment it makes sense, you're coming into my team because I value you so much. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and, and now you've been building out the team as far as now that you've made this sort of more quote unquote official transition into becoming yep. an agency. Now you're bringing in people underneath you outside of the operations side, working yes. like, you know, working on, on the accounts that you're, that you've got coming in. What are, what are those kind of roles? So we have a uh, new account manager. So in those roles, it was essentially doing the client side work that I was doing as a freelancer. So instead of me spending hours and hours a day in power editor, I now have a team that supports that work, uh, that thinks strategically, but I still do have my hand on the pulse in terms of uh, what each client has going on right now. Mm -hmm. So it's really just to support in the execution, the optimization, the monitoring of ads, as we all know, can be can be a handful, especially when you start to scale those campaigns out and you have yeah. so many moving parts. So that's that's their primary role. But one thing that I love doing is identifying their zones of genius and really nurturing that because I want to grow a team of leaders. I want to grow a team of people who are independent thinkers, who are always seeing opportunities as we go. So two of my account managers, one is really well-versed in the sales side of things. So he understands that client journey. He wants to make sure that people are taken care of. So we're really nurturing him into a future VP of sales role. Mm. And on the flip side, one of my guys is really great with the tech and building of systems and uh, outsourcing processes. So we are then focusing on how do we automate a lot of this stuff that you guys are currently doing to free you up to do more higher level thinking and strategy right now. So the way that we look at things is we look out five years to the big vision. We then dial it back and then, you know, the 90 day year you go quarterly, yep. monthly, weekly, and then that's how we decide what we do on a daily basis. And if I'm not mistaken, you had a post out there for an ads manager and you got, you know, the two people, didn't you hire two people at the same time because you, you thought they were such good candidates? Yeah, absolutely. I originally was just thinking small and thinking, oh, I'll just take one person on because I know immediately I could have enough work for them. Yeah. And in terms of cash flow on a monthly basis, it it was a no brainer for me to hire one. Sure. Well, the pool of applicants out there was outstanding. And uh, these two really resonated with me. They both had differing skill sets in a way that would just complement the growth of the company. Mm -hmm. And I consulted with my my woo advisors. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm going to hire both of these guys. And they're like, yeah, you, you definitely should. So that was what ended up happening. And how did you find them? How did you, where did you, you said there was a bunch of candidates out there, great candidates out there. Where, where, where did you post? Great candidates. Uh, I posted in my Facebook group and then uh, two of my clients shared it onto their pages and groups. And from that, we ended up having almost 40 people apply. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And are they, are they virtual or are they, are they there in Toronto with you? No, they are virtual. So I have, um, I have some team down in Florida. I've got my ops manager is close to Toronto and then we've got a team uh, out in Australia now. Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah. for, for the, for the account management role, for the people who are actually in power editor right now, 
there and they're not there with you. They're not local. You know, they're not, they're not coming to an office with you. They're virtual. How is that working for you? Where, you know, you're obviously you are very much on the pulse of what's going on, but they're not right there with you. Yeah. Well, they have been doing a phenomenal job at calling me out on my ish. <laughs> okay. I swear to just on your podcast. So, so they've actually done a great job of, of saying when they ask me questions and my answer is maybe it depends on X, Y, Z, or maybe I might do this. They've stopped me dead in my tracks and they said, Bond, we're not you and we can't make decisions in the same way you do unless we understand why. Yeah. So it's so interesting. Yeah. So it, it's been a process of slowing down in terms of how fast I execute because I can go into power editor and create a campaign in like 12 minutes. Um, so instead of doing that, we're taking 12 hours to map out the entire process from start to finish of why I did something so that we can create systems around that. So somebody else could take that and be like, I made the exact same decisions that bond would have made Mm -hmm. because of this. Yeah. And it's been eye opening. Again, one of the, the things that we're even still working through is tightening those up and, and making the experience for clients and for our team members just top notch. And that was some of the resistance that I was having last week because it's overwhelming at times to be like, yeah. oh, man, I built a business that's solely based around me. This is not leverageable whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that, that leads me to my next question there as, so what role are you playing right now? Are you the person who is getting the clients, talking to the clients once they sign on with you, discussing the strategy and all that type of stuff? And then you sort of, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to, in a negative tone, like hand off to your team, but is that sort of the role that you're playing right now or, or something else? In the transition, because there's still lots of growth that we have to sure. do to get to that, um, sure. I, I look at myself in the CEO role, but I'm very hands-on. Until we have processes that are proven, um, that everyone feels fully confident that these are tested with clients and, and everything is running smoothly, I'm going to be working more than I've ever worked in my entire life. Right. <laughs> right? And, to get and you the to a point where you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And the compensation, it's you, you need to realize this, that during that time, your personal compensation is going to go down because not only are you doing everything, you're also training other people and compensating them to show up and go through this process with you. So yeah. I'm very aware that we're in it. We're in the thick of it. And um, I'm, I'm very hands-on in the business. The goal is to transition to more of a strategic point of view. Um, I really want to have my hands on the pulse with strategy and I want to have a rock solid team underneath me that can go take the ideas and implement them. And of course I, I just naturally love connecting and chatting with people. I mean, this podcast episode could go on forever, I'm sure. (laughs) So I definitely want to, to maintain that, that sales side at some level. I don't want to be in the future taking all of the sales calls myself, but really just having a, a hand on the pulse of the entire business. What I love about that is you're, you, you're very clear on what you want to do and where you want to get to. And yes. In, in order to do that, you do have to be clear. In order to get to where you want to go, kind of like talking, like when we first started talking here, if you want to, if you're considering yourself an agency, but maybe, maybe you don't think you're quite there, but yet you're talking in that way that you are already there, you're clear on that. So it's the same yeah. thing here. It's like, you're very clear on what you want the business to look like and what you want your role to be. And you're putting everything in place to get there, even though it might not look exactly like that right now. Exactly. The process of anything's pretty messy along the way. Yeah. Those um, the people that you hired there, did they have any, like, are, are you training them from scratch or did they have any kind of experience at all? This time, they actually all ended up being students of my program. So I knew that they at least had a base understanding of how I did things in that program, which was a good enough start. And then I realized that their skill sets would make it easy for them to learn everything. But adding on your last point in terms of getting crystal clear on that, it didn't happen overnight. It took a, a while to understand what is possible, what you do want things to look like. I mean, I, I get so much value when, when we hop on Skype or if I chat to some of my mentors, I reach out to other people in this space who are doing similar things. Mm-hmm. And just having those mentors that you can turn to and ask for advice. Because if you try and go this alone, you're going to be 
so stressed. It's going to be so much harder than it has to be. But there's people that are ahead of you that leave clues, right? Like I love talking to you because of the insight that you have through your own experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't look at that. I, I, I don't look at that as a negative, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk to Rick. Like I'm giving you the cold shoulder over here. (laughs) You can't see it behind the computer, (laughs) but I'm like, please, I would love to hear about the insight that you have because of the way to look at things more abundantly. There's enough for all of us. Your skill sets can complement mine and mine can complement yours and vice versa. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to kind of shift into not away from the agency building and stuff like that, but more so about your, your strategy and your, thinking around Facebook ads. So when you start working with a client and I kind of want this to go into also like what you're seeing that's working right now. Sure. What, like, what is your strategy? You know, when you start working with a client, because I think you have a very unique, you showed me a spreadsheet back before Christmas <laughs> that blew my mind. I was like, Holy cow, this is awesome. But, and, and, and I love that you're such an analytical thinker. So what, you know, what is sort of the quote unquote bond strategy as you're looking at started running, running Facebook ads for, for a client. And granted, I know that's going to be different for every client. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the strategy ended up becoming our tagline. So our tagline is stop messing and start getting results. And the way to do that is to actually understand your business. So there's a lot of people who don't have past corporate experience like you or I to pull from. There's a lot of people who are younger who are just starting the business and may not understand financials and and different metrics that are important. So one thing that we want to do is understand where you are and where you want to go before we map that path. If we can't logically see what any campaign is bringing to the bigger picture, we won't run it. So the strategy is like finding out the things that matter, like finding out, knowing your value per lead, knowing what you can pay up to per lead and still be profitable. Because there's so many people that just look at, hey, I have dollar conversions. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Right. Right? How does that play into the bigger strategy of the business? So that's why we really like to take that strategic partnership view where we dive in and we do the data digging and and run the calculators and spreadsheets (laughs) like you saw. And so that way we have the answers of it made sense when we spent a thousand dollars over here because that correlated to $8,000 over there. And so it just makes having conversations with the team, my team internally, and then our clients all that much easier because when you can say, Hey, we did this because it resulted in that. They're like, damn, do that again. (laughs) What if somebody comes to you and you know, they are doing, they're, they're, they're doing well, you know, let's just say that they're doing a few hundred thousand dollars in their business and they've run a little bit of paid traffic, but maybe they don't have clarity around sort of what that lead is worth to them you know, will you help them figure it out or are they just not an ideal client for you? Well, we actually, before I used to, at that point for people who are cash flow rich and wanted to test the system, mm-hmm. we would just immediately say, okay, well, perfect. Would you like to become a client? We can figure these things out as we go. Got it. Now I had some experiences where people were cash flow rich, but systems broke. So when we came in, it didn't make sense for us to be there. So I actually ended up refunding their money and saying, this isn't a right fit right now because there's things that need to be fixed before we can move forward. And so we've actually implemented a mandatory assessment before you can become a client where we take a look at your data where you currently are. We take a look at where you're going and then we analyze, do you have the cash flow to support that? If not, what's the first step that you can do before we move forward? So you might not be an ideal client right now, but we like to help people grow into becoming our ideal clients Mm. by just pointing out some tweaks that they can make to get there. Like what's going to be the 80-20 rule? What's going to be the 20% of things that you can focus on right now to grow that revenue where it makes sense to bring on somebody to manage this aspect of your business? I love it. I love that process and I love the thought process behind, behind that. And I, I, uh, people are, I know that people are listening right now probably thinking, well, I'm not quite at that point, but it's a great thing to kind of shoot for. We were talking, you know, we were just talking about what, you, what do you want the business to look like? I think this is a great thing to, you know, if, if somebody is not there yet uh, with the ability to do something like this, what you're talking about here, it's a good thing to, to, to shoot for. Now, what about your, like, what do you, what are you seeing that's working right now really well for 
your clients as far from a, from an ads perspective? You know, we talked about strategy just from like a tactical perspective. I'd love to get your thoughts on what you're seeing that's working right now. Yeah, sure. I think two things and and one that we've had a conversation about before. First is video. I yep. mean, it's it's Facebook's preferred method to get things out there, to keep people on the platform longer. Um, so you're just seeing really great ROI with video in terms of, it could be a website conversion ad, but you're using video instead of an image as the creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding that that's really helping to lower the CPMs. It's really increasing the results as we go. And just this week, they announced the, the mid-roll ads. Yeah. Um, in terms of video. So I'm really excited to see where that keeps going. And Facebook Live's amplification strategy behind that, Mm -hmm. you know, you have your Facebook Live, and then once it's done, you can amplify it to people who may not be in your warm market to continue to expand the people who know of you, and then implement some retargeting to those video viewers. I think that's going to be crazy powerful in 2017. Yeah, the video engagement retargeting. So for everybody who's listening, not really sure what Amanda's talking about here, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, but the video engagement retargeting where you can set up audiences of people based on how long they're watching your videos, whether it's like 25% or 50% or 75% or 95%, you set those those uh, audiences up on any kind of video that you're posting, whether it's a video ad or whether it's uh, a Facebook Live or you just posted a video on your page, you can set these audiences up so that, as Amanda has just mentioned there, you can turn around and retarget them based on how long they watched your video. So if you've got a, let's just say a two-minute video and you have a call to action there and they've watched 95% of your video, well, you can retarget those people if they didn't actually take the action that you want them to take. So I love that, exactly. you're, that you're bringing that up. And, and also, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned the mid-roll that Facebook just came out announcing. They're also going to start doing video within Instagram stories. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's, and that's brand new. I mean, so they're going to start rolling that out as, as, as well, which I think is, which is really, really uh, interesting. To add on that, they're yeah, quick hot tip. So the, if you have a Facebook group that's really engaged, you can't retarget or you can't target your Facebook group members yet. Um, so a hot tip to get around that is to publish some type of video on your page and share it into your group, right? Yeah. So now your group members are seeing that they get into that video retargeting audience and you're able to target them with Facebook ads that way. So if you do have a group, that's a great way to get them in there. Yeah. And I know I, I like how you said yet because Facebook is testing that right now mm. uh, with the ability to target, uh, to target groups. Love so that's going to be uh, that's going to be really interesting. What, yeah. um, I've started asking this and, uh, I'll be honest with you. I forget to ask this sometimes, but cause I said at the end of Dece- end of 2016 on a couple of episodes that I was going to make this a regular question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Cause I didn't Way to tell go. you. I didn't, or messing it up. <laughs> great, great podcaster here, right? What's a book that you really highly recommend that, uh, that you've read, whether it's recently or just one that you like go back to every year that, uh, you've gotten a lot of value out of. Oh, that's a great question. I actually am a avid book reader, so I have so many that I can't even think of right now. But one that stood out to me, especially pertaining to our conversation, was Built to Sell. So if you are interested in creating um, an agency or expanding your service-based business, it's a really great book to help you think about an exit intent down the line. And so I found lots of value from that one. Yeah, it's a great, I have actually here on the, on my bookshelf and it's just far awesome. enough way that I can't reach it. So I don't know, <laughs> I can't see the author, but it's a great book. It's called Built to Sell. And uh, it, it, Amanda's right, it's, or excuse me, Bond is right, that it's just, it's all about creating a business from, from a systems and process standpoint so that you have this with, even if maybe you're not, you know, considering selling your business, you're still setting it up that way. And this book really takes you through from, from uh, start to finish. Bon, we, you, you mentioned before we could talk for hours and I feel like we're like <laughs> just getting going, but uh, I know. Let's, let's wrap up here. And I would love to have you back on the show uh, again at some point. I oh, want to get, uh, I want to make sure that people know where to connect with you. Cause I know that you have, you mentioned that, um, uh, I forget what you called it, sort of a, a questionnaire when people are interested in working with you that uh, sort of, you know, is that, are they the, the right type of person to, to be working with you? So I'd love to be able to send them to, to that place and learn more about you and the potential of uh, if they're looking for someone to manage their Facebook ads. Like I mentioned, you are one of the very few people who I would trust with my own 
with my own ads. So anybody who uh, is looking to to have somebody run their Facebook ads and sort of at the level of what we've been talking about here that Bond works with, what is the link that people can go to to uh, to check that out? They can find our team at theadstrategist.com forward slash start. Okay, theadstrategist.com forward slash start. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. I'll be sure and link that up in the show notes for the episode today. Bond, th- thank you so much. This has been I, I normally take notes as I'm as as I'm as I'm doing these interviews and I just looked at my Evernote uh, note here where I normally take notes and I have so few notes because I was so in, in like just enamored with our conversation here and so into our conversation that that that's a good thing that I don't I don't have any notes because that means like we're just just rolling here so thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show well thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, I, I look forward to doing it again all right hope you got a ton out of this best of interview with Amanda Bond so good we went into a lot of deep stuff there with Amanda. Don't forget, if you're an ads manager right now or you're an aspiring ads manager, definitely want to invite you to register for my friend and student, Brandy Miles. She's got a free live virtual training series coming up. It's a three-part live series called Three Steps to Consistently Close High-Quality Facebook and Instagram Ad Clients. Okay, You can register for the free training series at rickmulready.com forward slash ad clients, A-D clients. Okay, you're going to learn uh, during that series how to confidently and consistently start and grow your ads business. This is for, again, if you're already doing ads for other people and you want to scale your business or if you want to get started with an ads management business, there is a huge demand for quality ad managers right now. Again, no experience required to go through this training series, and this is going to be super helpful even during these times of uncertainty that we are in. So again, register for that free training series at rickmulready.com forward slash ad clients, AD clients. Cool. All right, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. Super appreciate you. Be well. I'll see you right back here for the next episode here on the Art of Online Business Podcast. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook Ad Manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads. Click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link, and you can go download it right now for free.